Hello, friend. Welcome back. Come on in. Get comfy. This is a long one. We continue where we left off with Wayland and Jesse having just come up with a plan, and now we're going to see that plan executed. Should be great, right? <laughs> As you know, I only own the story. I don't own anything else. They belong to their respective copyrights and trademarks. All right, I'll dispense with the chit-chat. Here we go. Article 2. All according to plan. So you are approaching under the guise that you have been at sea for a little while, Wayland? So Wayland would have explained to Jesse that he's going to be acting like he's lost it a little bit. He's been at sea a while. Yeah, he's been there for a while. Maybe a year has passed and he's been island hopping, trying to get in contact with the ATC, but he's been dodging pirates and other fishing vessels that might be aligned with pirates, and it's been a harrowing experience. So the plan was to use three rowboats? Three. We've got one for me, one that Jesse's hiding in, and one that's holding at least three barrels of full of black powder. Are you pulling both of them behind you? They're all tied together, yeah. So we've got me in the front. You're, like, under tarps and just empty boxes. Theoretically, some supplies that I've managed to gather. And then the other one are barrels of maybe water, maybe rum. I love it. Since you're supposed to have been out at sea for a year, do we see a montage of that happening? I'm going to dunk my hair in a bucket of seawater, mussy it up, just make sure it maybe some kelps in there as well. Oh, God, do we see Waylon just getting a makeover? I sit down in the makeup chair with Mama Coco, and she's doing up everything. <laughs> Teasing your hair and doing things. Yeah, oh, God, yeah, she teases it, and it's like, Yep. This is going to be pain to get out later, isn't it? Oh, this is going to suck. Don't worry about it. We'll fix it later. Wayland looks at his guns real quick. And he looks at Jesse. It's up to you. They're too clean. No, 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 no. It's justified. It's justified. We're going through with it. All right. I mean, what else have you been keeping up with, you know? Right. Well, that makes sense. All right. That makes sense. Thank you. Of course. I appreciate you talking me out of that. We're good. All right. <laughs> so Wayland is not going to dirty up his guns. No. <laughs> First session and already we're giving Wayland emotional trauma. That was the thought that was running through my head was like, oh no, my babies. <laughs> oh God, no. There's so much more I want to do. I just don't have time for it. You're like in the rowboat being dropped down. Oh yeah, I forgot one thing, Wayland. What's up, Mama Coco? A bunch of fish slime is rained down over you. That wasn't my idea. I promise. You hear Boots' bellowing laughter. <laughs> and Mama Coco leans down. You needed to look the pot a little bit more. <laughs> you get lowered into the water and, and off you go. Yep. Nope. It's fine. <laughs> Let's just go. It's an awkward first five minutes. You're doing all right, Master Greywell. It's fine. Do you want to talk about it? 
It's a very bad day right now. Started off so nice. <laughs> At least Grayla was in the seat across from you. Yeah, Jesse was holding on to the guns while that happened. How's his facial hair looking? He is always clean shaven. He takes very good care to be clean shaven at all times. Jesse pulls out a small rag and hands it over to Wayland. Yep, and I just kind of like wipe stuff off my face and my hands. And then you toss it. Jesse's going to reach into the keg and pull out a handful of black powder and just smear it on his face. He just... That was intentional. Turn me up. Oh, yeah. Oh, Jesse goes to town. Oh. Yep, it's going to get up in the slime. Don't worry about it. Wonderful. So, Captain, um, figured I should let you in on the plan here, as far as how I'm going to be behaving. He sits back a little bit and looks up. Did I ever tell you how I got this jacket? You mentioned something about it in the bucket of blood. Sent a shot right through his heart. Took the coat right off of his back. I, I did. It was an um, ATC slaver vessel. Came upon it with my uh, phone captain. And uh, set the slaves free and we slaughtered the crew. Captain's name was Samuel Flint. Samuel Flint. Aye. So, as far as you know, that's who I am. Captain Flint. Hmm. Someone you knew. Can't imagine you had uh, been on very good terms. I figure I'd probably been at sea for about a year. Maybe I've gone. Yusuf Flint. Zoe. Evan. Does that name ring any bells? Not only does that name ring all of Jesse's bells, it is burned into Jesse's memory like the brand on the back of his right hand because Samuel Flint is the one who put it there. If I may, I would like to offer you a hero point. Hmm. Your memory right now is a little foggy and it's not because you can't quite remember, but it's because what is ahead of you is a little daunting in case everything goes wrong. There are very many men with very many guns and they're very well trained. And if shit goes south because you can't focus, you know that you're dead. Yeah. I'm offering you the hero point so that we can touch upon it later. I would be happy to. Fantastic. So add another hero point to your sheet. And we are going to be in the writer's room for a little while while we set this sequence up. So, dramatic sequence. Where an action sequence is a flurry of action and fast-paced, a dramatic sequence is set back a little slower. It's more for the narrative, and right now we have Jesse and Wayland, and they are approaching a very sneaky way about freeing the crew of the Black Betty. Yep. Gentlemen, I want to hear your approaches. And for those listening at home, what I mean by that is I want to know what trait and skill you will be using to approach the situation. So Wayland, it sounds like your approach is panache because you're trying to be someone you're not. Yeah. And I would probably make an argument for tempt or convince. I would say convince. Yeah, I'm thinking convince too. 
you're absolutely trying to convince them that you are this crazy island hopping ATC captain person. Yes. Jesse? I am planning on doing finesse and theft. Oh. Because I'm stealing something back. All right. From these ATC bastards. More specifically, you're going to be stealing those keys if that captain is still on shore. Yeah. All right. Do you have any advantages that would help you in this situation? Grant you some extra dice, maybe gain a hero point from a uh, background quirk or a virtue. If we need to get up into the ship, I have my second story work. I also have my disarming smile in the event that I get caught. Yes, that is very crucial. Remember that. I do have a quirk where I earn a hero point, and when I put the needs of the crew ahead of the needs of the mission, does that count for another crew? Yes, actually. I would count that. Awesome. Has anyone ever seen this island before? That's a good question. Is it a charted island? No, it is not. So you get a hero point for laying your eyes on something few, if any, have ever seen for your explorer background. Yes. All right. Cool. So we then are going to gather your dice, which equates to however many ranks you have in the skill trait combo you are using. So Wayland is panache and convince, and Jesse is finesse and theft, however many dice that is. All d10s? Yep, all d10s. And both of you also take one extra for describing to me how you were approaching this earlier. And one more from me for using this trait and skill combo the first time this sequence. That is called two for flair and take it because you both deserve it. Thank you. Thank you very much. So that is the gathering dice phase. Then we transition into rolls and raises, but also hero points. How many hero points do we start with? You start with one. And fun fact, I start the game with as many danger points as there are players. So there are two danger points in my pool. You get hero points by either activating your virtue from your arcana or using one of the quirks from your background. Got Got it. You can also spend hero points to give yourself dice. You only get one, but you can spend as many hero points as you want on yourself. So any player can spend a hero point to help another player. You have to describe to me how you are helping them. But if you do in it and I accept it, that player then gets three dice from you. Got it. So do you spend a hero point to do that? Absolutely. I will spend my hero point to do that. I'm also spend a hero point and do the same thing. Can I do that? Yes. Yeah, I'm going to do that. Just explain to me how you are helping. I want it to help Wayland when he is trying to distract them and get them away. It does not have to be in the moment. There could have been a discussion three months ago about sneaking up on people that will come up now. Kind of like a flashback thing. That is absolutely acceptable. You helped mussy me up and disguise me. Oh, yeah, that's true, and kind of keep you calm about your guns. There it is. Yeah. You were holding his guns. Awesome. Waylon, take three more dice. Thank you, buddy. Jesse, also take three more dice. Ooh, big dice. Big dice. And now we roll. Let me hear them bones. So remind me, tens are raises. Yep, the raise is your action economy. Lovely. Okay. It has to all be 10, right? 
Yes, they all have to add up to 10. They could be a set, they could be triple, as long as you hit the number 10 and then stop adding. What if it's 11? That's fine too. Oh, is it anything over 10? It has to be 10 or over, yes. Oh. It doesn't exactly have to be 10. Sorry about that. No, that's great. Yes, okay. I have five raises. You have five raises. Six raises. Six fucking raises. Nice. Any dice left over that do not add up to ten? I have one. You have one? Perfect. I would like to buy that from you by giving you a hero point. And I get a danger point. God damn it. All right. All right, let's write this down. So you guys have raises. And in a dramatic sequence, you can spend those raises on narrative action. What a dramatic sequence allows is for you guys to have a little bit of narrative freedom. Just a bit. I still do have veto power. It has to make sense. So this isn't Wayland saying it. This is me, Patrick, declaring. This is Patrick declaring something for the scene for then Wayland and Jesse to interact with. Yeah, also, if I come up with something and Waylon needs to interact with it or spend a raise to do something, then that is Waylon's action. Sure. Also, there is no initiative order in a dramatic sequence. You can just spend as many or as little as you want. So, let's get back to the narration. Are you alright? Uh, it's nothing. Let's focus. As your boat is approaching the beach... A lot of them have filtered into makeshift tents, which are just giant palm fronds leaned up against rocks or trees. Those who are up and awake are very inebriated. Their guns are either left where they sat or nowhere near them, or if they are carrying them, they're not at the ready. I do turn to Jesse, and I just smile at him and give him a wink, just knowing that what I thought was true ended up happening. You can't really see his face, but he'll smile back. As you're approaching, a wandering of soldiers have taken off their coats and their hats and their stupid little wigs are gone. Aye! Sa! Sa over there! And one of them points their rifle. You know, Wayland, immediately that that guy's not going to shoot the broadside of a barn. Here we go. Aye. I will raspily call out. Help! 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 I'll keel over and slump on the rowboat. They rush out, because you're in the shoals now. You, you feel the boat hit the sand. They bring the boat in and help you up. Hey! He holds you steady. Hey! And I will cough and let myself fall forward. The man holding you is a little shaky and a little drunk. He pats you on the back and helps you out of the boat. You're right, lad. I see the colors and I'll get excited. Where's, where's your captain? And he hoists you over his shoulder and is walking with you. Just breathe. He takes the rum bottle that he has in his hand and puts it in your hand. Drink. Breathe and drink, all right? I do have my guns strapped to me. And the crazy spear hook. Yeah, the crazy spear hook thing. So Wayland carries a giant piece of bleached white bone and... Tied to the end of it is a massive fishing hook. 
and then a piece of lobster claw tied to that as well probably from some giant sea monster and there's like some dried kelp hanging off of it and the other two grab the second boat and start dragging that in and drag the third boat and one of them says is any anyone else I would say that the sailors, being as drunk as they are, will go to take a look at the barrels that I had and shake them. And when they don't, when they hear that there's no liquid in it, they just kind of leave the the rest of it be. So I'll spend a raise to say that. Okay. They leave the boats alone. So now Wayland is down to five rates. Can I give a little little narrative, a little flavor flave? Absolutely, give me some flave. The palm trees go down the beach and the ones closest to the cages have already been knocked down and taken. Many of the tools and many of the soldiers and men are further along down the beach. This area is a bit less heavily watched. Got you. I will also add to that. Now that it is nighttime and visibility is low, there's not a lot of people working cutting down trees right now because it's too dangerous. So most of the sailors are drinking and or resting uh, for the day to come. So there's no work being done right now. Great. I will give you a raise. I love it. Yes, absolutely. That is a fantastic use of a dramatic raise. The camera is in the sand. The guy is walking with Waylon. And the two guys, they pick up the barrels and they're like, oh boy, is it? And they shake it and they're like, ah, is that stupid? It's not. They kick the sand past the camera as they're walking by. And the camera is still focused on the second boat. Jesse, what do we see? What does the camera see? What are you doing now that these guys have walked away? Every so often you see the peak of two bright yellowish eyes. And then when the time is right, he's going to Mission Impossible his way onto the sand and super goofy and probably unnecessarily crawl for a little bit until he feels like he's safe to kind of crouch. Are there any sleeping soldiers around? Not directly around the cages. They set up away from that. That's what your race has dictated. And so there aren't any nearby. But you do hear sounds of snoring coming from a makeshift tent closer to the tree line. How far away is that tent? Probably, I'm going to say like 10 feet. Jesse wants to sneak over there and take a peek inside. Okay. Is this a single man tent? There's one person sleeping inside. She has her coat acting as a blanket right now, sleeping on her arm. Her gun is in her hand. She appears to be out. Jesse is going to quietly go back to the rowboat and grab the gun wrap and pull that back to the tent. And he's going to pull her coat off of her and swap the wrap for her coat and any other ATC looking clothes. And a raise and you do it. I will spend one. Absolutely. You snag her coat. It is not a captain's coat or an officer's coat, but it is obviously an ATC coat. You very easily just switch the two. And as you do, she kind of shudders a little bit from the cold and grabs the wrap and brings it over and rolls and cuddles up with her gun. She settles back in. Jesse, he's going to roll up his coat and take his hat and crush it up and put it into the bag and pop on whatever he took as best he can. Mm -hmm. Her shoulders are a little smaller than yours, so it doesn't quite fit. It's a little tight, but you definitely... You're now wearing an ATC coat and your hat is gone and you now look like a ATC officer. And he's going to look for Royce's cage. 
Rice's cage is one of the bigger ones because he has a couple of men that are wounded lying down with him. He's tending to them as best he can. There's a conch shell that he's holding that has presumably water in it, and he's trying to get one of the men to drink as you're getting closer. There are no guards around the cage right now. Just by looking at them, are they crude? No. They're relatively well-made? do look crude, but upon closer inspection, if you were to try and dismantle it, it would cause a lot of commotion. It would not be easy. Jesse's going to basically just keep his head in a swivel and go over to the cage and knock on it and say, Captain Royce. Elijah Royce. Who's asking? Captain Jesse Nakansa of the White Rose. He leans himself backwards. Doesn't make any noticeable turning to you. I never heard a voice more angelic in my time of need, boy. Jesse reaches in and wraps his arm around him and places his hand on his chest. It's good to see you, old man. Both of his hands are manacled together with barely three links of chain, so they're very close, so he can't really do much with them. He puts the conch shell down. What's the plan? I'm getting you out of here. Got to get you onto the Intrepid. All right, well... How are your men? Not in good shape, lad. These are the worst of them. Can they move? Not quickly. All right. Captain's got the keys. He's still on shore, headed down that way. He points down on the beach. I've uh, ransacked uh, a sailor. Grabbed a coat. It's a bit too small for me, but I'll make it work. If I get into a conversation, I'll at least buy myself maybe a couple minutes. If I get caught. I hope you don't. You and me both. Do you know anything about this captain? He's a right bastard, he is. They all are. Oh no, this one takes the cake. Most of these wounds you see weren't caused by the shipwreck. Right. I'll see what I can do. Stay sharp, captain. I'm lifting up an imaginary danger point and I'm spending it. As you go to leave, he actually grabs you and brings you in very close. Hold tight, lad. You hear movement in the sand, and a lantern is lifted aloft as someone comes around the path. Oi! Keep it down over there! Uh, sorry, sir, I just I talk sometimes in my sleep. I just... I can't keep myself quiet. If I had some rum, just an ounce of rum, I, I mean... He lays the lantern down, grabs the butt of his rifle, SHUT UP! Smacks him in the face. You feel the impact because Royce gets jockeyed up against the cage. I don't mind cutting out more tongues. He points the rifle over at the man who Royce has been tending to. You'll shut your mouth if you know what's good for you. And Royce turns his head and spits blood, looks back up at the guy. Sorry to bother you. And the guy gives him the stink eye and is staring at him and then walks away. He seems to be holding his lantern aloft and holding his weapon a little bit more firmly than all the rest of the people. He does not seem inebriated at all. His movements are sure and true. And as Wayland passes by with a couple of crew members... Oh, the fuck's this? Oh, uh, we found him. He's Samuel Flint. I don't know if you recognize the name. Sam Well. And the guy leans in close. Name doesn't ring a bell. You will show me some respect. I may have lost my ship, but my rank and office remains, and I will not tolerate such despicable treatment from a company soldier. You will respect my authority. 
Right. Or just say you found him. It's like, oh, I found him in a rowboat. And stares a little bit harder at you, Wayland. And who am I talking to? You're speaking to the man who just hit Royce in the face with the butt of his rifle. Hasn't said a name or anything. This man is large, barrel-chested, stern brow, very permanent frown in there. And he looks you up and down. Give me one good reason why I should just believe you. Hmm? I find it right odd for you to be showing up right now, Captain Samuel Flint. First of all, it's Samwell. Secondly, my ship was sank by pirates about a year ago. I'm the only survivor. As far as why you should believe me. Remember that you have raises to establish things. I will spend a raise, mm-hmm. open my jacket, wear an officer's medal is pinned on the inside, denoting my rank and that I am a captain. He lifts the lantern to see it better. And I will just stare him in the face. Where is your commanding officer? Looks at you. Keep him here, would you? Why see Jesse? As you're looking around and kind of staring off after this guy as he walks past the big cage, you can see someone crouched very close the two men are still next to you, and would you like to spend some more raises to maybe make it so that Jesse could leave without being noticed? Yeah, I'll spend a raise. All right. You there, soldier. You're in the presence of a captain, on your feet. Jesse stands. Don't you have some business you should be attending to? Off with you. Slightly stumbles away. You're gonna have to... Forgive the bosun, he's he's a right bastard, but he's a good man. That has made itself apparent. Tell me, who is your captain? You should know, if and you only sunk a year ago, command hasn't changed. Give the man a break, he's been in a rowboat in the Atabayan. Does things to people. Chap's lucky he can even remember his own name. Aye, that'd be true. He might even be glad to hear Samuel. Sam, well. Right, excuse me, sir. That you're alive. Never known Captain Evenrude to be sentimental, <laughs> but... You poor bastards. You're under the command of old Scarface Evenrude. Oh, we don't talk about his scar. Lest you never want to talk again. I'm very aware. If you know him, then he must know you. Be overjoyed to see that you're alive. Ah, oh, man. We took down the Black Betty. The Black Betty, you say? Aye. Aye, yeah, she's given us a right hard time. How did you manage that? <laughs> it's actually a very funny story, sir. So here we were, and around the rocks, gentlemen. Sir, we were just... You were just leaving? Aye, aye, sir. And they skedaddle it down the beach. Behind you is a tallish man with sharp features, with a giant scar from the edge of his left eye all the way down to his chin that looks to have been maybe from a cutlass or some large blade. And he has his coat on, and he does not have his hat, but his hair is perfectly kept. He is armed, he has his rapier at his side and a pistol in his hand. It looks as if he was in the middle of cleaning it, but he didn't put it down. He just kept it with him and kept the rag with him. He's cleaning the uh, the powder well. He looks over at you. I salute and then go at ease. You're running a tight ship as always, I see. Do I know you? Captain Samuel Flint, 
at your service. He's staring pretty hard. No. It's been a while, hasn't it? I hear you took down the Black Betty. Well done. Thank you. Well done. And I stumble backwards a bit and then forwards towards him. He backs up a little bit. Doesn't make any motion to catch you. He does step away from you. If I remember correctly, I believe the bulwark went down because of Crimson Roger, yes? That it did. Shame. A year. 365 days alone. And none of you came looking. Not a damn one of you. Why would we? The Crimson Roger doesn't leave any survivors. Huh? Then explain this! And Waylon just tearing at his clothes and slapping his face just to really gestate that he is very much there. I find it very odd that nearly a day after we've taken the Black Betty that you happen to show up. What good timing then. Almost like it was meant to be. I wonder. And I'll swig the rest of the drink that the soldier gave me. Why else would I be here? I guess it's fate, then. She does work in mysterious ways. Indeed. Are there any names of other officers that I've come across that I could reference in this moment? If you want to spit some names at me and spend a raise, then yes. Because you are trying to convince this guy that you are who you are. So throwing some names at him that he might recognize would certainly help that. Because he is very sus. Sure. Let's see. So this is someone that I know he's had a rivalry with. Oh. That I've heard shit talking happening. Mm -hmm. Jesse's not around, right? Jesse's gone. Okay. Tell me, how's that rivalry going with Captain Malkman? You two still throwing shit at each other? Yes, he's still around and still causing trouble. Oh, it's good to know some things haven't changed. Some things have changed, and some haven't. Oh? Yes, you've been out for a while. What have you heard about La Rosa Blanca? Other than that it might be sailing again? Nothing. Hmm. I've been island hopping for a year, man. What do you want from me? I don't want anything from you other than to sit down and maybe take a breather. You've had a hard night. Why don't you relax? Have some of the rum that we salvaged from the Black Betty. Please, can we find food of some sort? I can have some brought to you, yes. That would be lovely. And if you fancy it, maybe slap around some of these sea dogs. One of them had a mouth on them, and now they are sans tongue. I do enjoy a good torture every once in a while, don't you? As I live and breathe, I do. Like old times, right? Like old times, yes. (laughs) And I'll crack my knuckles, kind of run my hand along the bars. But if you'll excuse me, I have some business to attend to. And before he turns to leave... Reginald. Yes? And I will extend my hand. It truly is good to see you again. He gives you the kind of smile that a fox might give a rabbit and grabs your hand. Wayland, do you remember what this handshake felt like 
when you first met all those years ago, before the scar, before captain titles, when you were a lonely recruit with him. You were slick with fish slime, but this handshake is more so. When he slides his palm away from yours, you cannot help but shiver as you are reminded how much of a snake this man is. He rubs the viscous slime between his fingers and smears it against your shoulder as he pats it once. Enjoy your night. And then he walks away. Can I see the keys on him? As he turns, he puts his pistol back at his hip and you see the keys and he throws his coat back over it and starts to walk away. Okay. I can't really think of anything in this moment of how I would get them. I was going to try and pull him in to hug, but that wasn't going to happen. Also, your approach is not theft. Right, exactly. Which brings us to Jesse. Hi. You've been commanded to walk away and you've been walking for a little while. Now you're past the cages and you're headed towards where the palm trees have acted as shelter for most of the soldiers. And there are a lot of them there. Some of them are sitting either half asleep or inebriated. Is there one tent in particular that looks bigger? There is a larger tent made out of ruined canvas that you recognize from the Black Betty because there's black hand marks on them that have been permanently inked in the canvas. And it's been made into a makeshift traveler's tent. So it's a lot bigger and a lot more elaborate than the frond tents around. There are lantern lights coming from that tent, as well as two soldiers standing at the opening. They are more alert than the soldiers that you've seen, but they are looking a little tired. Hmm. What do you do? This is tough, because this is not where I wanted to be, but I am here. How big is it? It would probably be as big as your captain's quarters. Does it look like the two guards are watching him? If you're approaching straight at them, they will notice you. He is going to stumble his way through, pick up an empty bottle as he's walking, very gingerly move with the breeze to get behind that tent. As you approach a little bit closer, you can see that there is definitely a table laid out, made shift from a barrel with a board on top of it. There are candles that are lit on the table. There is a chair stuck in the sand and some charts laid out. Wait, he's going to sit down, hold the bottle to his chest a little bit behind that tent. Going to lift up the bottom of the tent and take a peek. There is the sound of sand shifting as someone is heading towards the tent. You hear the two men make a noise as they stand to attention. You hear a posh northern Avalonian voice say, as you were. The crunching of sand continues inside the tent. There is shuffling of papers. There's movement of sand as the chair is being dragged and put into position. It creaks a little bit as if weight is being put on it. You hear the telltale sound of scritching as a quill is being dragged across a piece of parchment. Then there's another shifting of sand as heavier boots come close. An exchange happens as someone new enters the tent. Jesse is listening to that, but specifically looking for the clanging of metal. It's almost inaudible, but you do hear the sound of metal clinking together very faintly as the exchange is happening. At first, it's, 
how are the prisoners doing? Oh, as good as they can be. I gave them their daily bread and water. The more proper gentleman, for Jesse listening, says, Roderick, I come. The bulwarks sank a year ago, yes? Aye, Crimson Raiders. They don't leave any survivors, right? Of course not, sir. That's what I thought. I want you to do me a favor. I know I've asked a lot of you today. Oh, no worries, sir. I don't mind doing a little extra work. I need you to make sure that the tales of the Crimson Roger are true. Would you? I'd hate for their reputation to be sullied. Aye, sir. Fuck. Have a good night, Captain. Good night, Roderick. There is a shuffle of canvas, and the man walks out of the tent. I've been trying to take a peek at He's taking off his coat, folding it over the chair, removing his belt with his sword on it, placing it on the table, unlacing the cuffs on his shirt, and loosening the cuffs around his neck. This is very indicative of a man ready to go to bed. He walks over to the guards. As you were, gentlemen, I'm turning in for the night. If anything happens, you know what to do. Aye, sir. And he shuts the tent, and you see him walk over to the candle. It gets snuffed out. And hear more shuffling of sand, and then finally some shuffling of cloth as the man settles down to sleep. You do hear the gentle breathing of someone who is asleep. That steady, long breath. Alright, Jesse is gonna quietly lift up the back of the tent and just grab the whole sword belt. Spending my second danger point, but we'll get there. Fuck! Wayland, buddy! (laughs) Hi. How's it going? Oh, it's going great. So he walked away. As soon as that happened, as soon as he's out of earshot, there's no one around, I'm going to turn to Royce. Captain Royce, I take it. The man looks at you with disdain. He actually has dried blood on his lip from being hit so hard. Whatever you're going to do, lad, just know that the blood on your hands ain't going to wash off easily. Well, then I hope the fish guts wash off a lot sooner. I'll take my pistol out, and I'll put it butt forward, and I will hand it to him through the cage. Name's Waylon Greywall. I'm master at arms to Jesse Nakansa. The man smiles so much that the split actually opens again. Careful of that one. That's gonna suck in the morning. He takes the pistol, checks it. It's loaded, I assume. Oh, absolutely. And like I said, the shackles are only like three inches long, so he's got to shimmy it in his big captain's coat sleeve. Before you put that away, this is going to sound crazy, but that might do. How steady are your hands? Steady as a rock, boy. I want you to aim for my shoulder. You're fucking daft. No, just a bit of a gambler at the moment. Boy. Just trust me on this. We're only looking to draw some attention. Oh, you're going to draw some attention, all right. I've got a plan, don't you worry. Now, I'm going to take out my knife as well. It might sting, but head wounds tend to bleed quite a bit. You think you can take one more injury? To what end? We'll get you bandaged up right quick afterwards. You're fucking insane. That's why Jesse got me on his crew. Like son, like mothers. You hear the crunching of sand as someone is fast approaching. That person who addressed you before, the one who had actually hit Royce in the face, comes up and says, Oi, away from them. I was given permission from Captain Evenrude to rough them up a bit. Yeah, I know. Excuse me, son. Son? Yes, son. 
You will address me and treat me with the respect that my office deserves. Do you understand? Oh, I understand perfectly well, sir. Absolutely. Forgive my impudence. However, you happen to be a dead captain. And as far as I can tell, and he pulls his pistol out and puts it to your chest, dead men tell no tales. Yes. And I'm going to open my jacket so that he sees the scar. I was a dead man. The man adjusts it to where the scar is and says, I better make sure that you don't come back this time. Damn. Fuck this guy. Jesse, you are grabbing the sword belt. There is the faintest sound of something gliding through the air as tip of a blade is laid upon your hand. Ah, 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 ah. I wouldn't do that if I were you. Fuck, okay. He then turns the blade, glides it down your arm to the neck, and he touches just underneath your chin to get you to stand up. Yeah, he stands up quietly. Now, I don't want to cause much of a fuss. If you don't mind, I'd like to keep this as quiet as possible. Hmm? He then motions with his other hand to the back of the canvas. You wouldn't mind taking a step outside with me? He holds the canvas open. After you, Captain. Oh, I insist. Shit. All right. Can Jesse have slewed the key as he's walking out or no? Who's he looking? You can absolutely spend a raise to do that. I will 100% do that. That's totally fine. And he's going to pocket it. Hands where I can see them. He raises his hands. boy. Tip of that blade does not leave your throat, even though he turns and walks. And he guides you out afterwards. He walks carefully, not to shift the sand too much. I assume you're doing the same. And you guys actually walk a little away from the tent, away from the fronds, away from all that. And the moonlight is just coming out from behind the clouds, so the beach is half illuminated. You know, that was very clever. However, bringing one rowboat probably would have been more beneficial for you. Now, turn around if you please. I do like to look a man in the face before I'm going to kill him. He turns and faces him. I know you. I'm sure you do. Lifts the blade just a little bit more so that you lift your face up into the light of the moon. There's a small gust that wafts his hair perfectly. Even Rude smiles, chuckles a little bit. <laughs> You're the spitting image of your mother. Thank you very much. He smirks at him. But you have my nose. The smirk fades the fuck away. Is that... Is that so? How is your mother? I haven't seen her in so long. I wouldn't know. It's been nearly 16. He kind of looks and trails off a little bit. She left you too. I'm sorry, my lad. It's a right shame. But your mother and I never truly did get along. For reasons I'm sure you can understand. Because you're a right prick. Be that as it may. You're looking good, my son. Glad the Caesar treating you well. Now, about those keys you pocketed. Don't think I didn't see that. What about them? Well, I'll have them back, of course. No, I don't think you will. Now, son. Don't. should listen to your father. Don't call me that. You are not my father. Well, should we let our blades do the talking, then? Let's see what those scallywags have taught you, eh? 
he actually takes a step back and takes a stance and is no longer pointing the sword directly at your neck, but he's actually pointing the sword at you in a fencer's stance. I'm going to use a hero point, hmm? and Jesse is going to pop a smirk back onto his face with a disarming smile. Oh, disarming smile me. Okay. All right. I think it is time for you to put your blade away. Do you know why? Why is that, my boy? This is not something you wish to do, right? Half your men are drunk. The other half are fast asleep. If we wake them up now, and my crew storms the beach, the lot of you are going to die anyway. Let's put this little interaction behind us now, shan't we? Oh, I wish I could, my boy. I really do. It's a shame that we've ended up at the opposite ends of the same coin. That you followed in your mother's foolish. Jesse pulls out his flintlock and aims it at his head. It's time for you to drop your sword. Now. That's when a gunshot goes off. That's when the action sequence starts. Fuck! Fuck. Oh, we're not done yet. I wouldn't leave you on a cliffhanger. Well, not now at least. I did tell you this was a long one. But we are going to take a tiny break. I need to go get some water, and you probably need to stretch your legs. See you in a second. All right. I'll be right back. <laughs> 